we have some Star Trek news to talk about this time. Our our rare yeah, like, actual there's a, a lot recently got announced from what I hear. Yeah, so on September eighth, which is this is one of those again one of those like I think I, I like the way we record the show, but um, there are some logistical problems with it in yeah. terms of like discussing news. But uh, so it's on September 8th or 9th, one of those days around that time was Star Trek Day. And it feels like they kind of on Star Trek Day and First Contact Day are like the two days now where they will kind of parcel out new Star Trek related news. And now, is there a a reason for Star Trek? Because like First Contact Day, you know, is like whatever specific day. But is Star Trek Day just kind of a like randomly selected I, I believe it corresponds to... with the day that Star Trek premiered, like the original series uh, premiered, okay. if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Now, the, yeah, the, the problem with the format of the show, though, is that we record these things two months in advance, usually, or, or so. And so by the time that this comes out, uh, you, there, some of this news will be not news anymore. It'll be, it'll be past. It'll be yeah, history. But, uh, you know, we, I think we talked... Again, in an episode that will now, I think, come out after. Soon come after out. <laughs> yeah, it'll come out soon. Or, you know, in, in our time, it'll come out soon, but it will come out. It still will come out after these announcements in the past. I mean, really, though, what is keeping in with the spirit of Star Trek more than having, yeah. like, multiple timelines of synchronicity? Yeah, I mean, in this, this episode, it's like what we're talking about right now is like this like the news about these premiere dates is kind of like you'll find it later like data's head yeah is exactly <laughs> okay anyway uh, so the the, the so stupid <laughs> but the uh so, so they now we, we we talked about in a recent episode that you know at the time that we had talked they hadn't they kind of suspiciously not announced any release dates for anything after Lower Decks, even though we know that... Yeah, they were all just saying kind of like late 2021 or sometime in 2022. Yeah, and uh, so they finally like announced that and um, it was a little bit different than we kind of anticipated. I think we were kind of thinking that it was going to maybe be like a... kind of like last year where they kind of just like would would air aired some stuff back to back and what's going to happen instead is that basically after Lower Decks is over... Um, I should probably should have looked up the exact date, huh? Um, but basically, after Lower Decks is over, right after that, they're going to premiere um, Star Trek Prodigy, which is the kind of 3D animated, kid-focused uh, Star Trek show. And that's going to be on uh, Paramount+. Plus, and it, that is coming out on... Yeah, Star Trek Prodigy is, coming, is going to come out on October 28th. And then uh, a few weeks later, like a, less than a month later... Uh, Star Trek Discovery Season 4 is going to come out on November 18th, which actually marks the first time uh, since the 90s, I believe, that two Star Trek shows have been airing, like, simultaneously. So obviously, yeah, wow. Yeah, so obviously, you know, in, 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 in Paramount Plus slash CBS All Access times, there have been multiple shows, like, uncanceled Star Trek shows, uh that have been running concurrently, but they've never been actually running at the same time. They like always releasing will. episodes. Yeah. Yeah. They, they'll like one, one season will end and then another season of a different show will begin. And, uh, they're, yeah, they're, they're really like, you know, ramping up the, um, they're really, they're really ramping up the production here. So that's, that's yeah. kind of cool. Wow. Um, you know, I mean, 
I don't want to talk too much about Discovery right now because I, I feel like if if there is anyone who listens to the show and likes Discovery, I, I always feel a little bit bad <laughs> for this hypothetical person. But uh, the yeah, I'm really excited though for Prodigy. My kids have been asking me like when the Star Trek show for kids is going to come out, so I'm I'm pretty oh, jazzed cool. about that. Yeah, yeah, uh, and um, so those are like kind of the two biggest like most most pressing pieces of news. But then they also uh, announced that. Uh, Picard is coming back, I believe, in February of next year. And, yeah, that sounds right. And um, the uh, one of the things I, th- I well, I believe what I've been seeing, I haven't actually watched like the tra- the teasers for this stuff, but the kind of the scuttlebutt is that Seven is going to appear in some form as a Borg queen. Hmm. And I think uh, it's it's part of like the. Um, the thing that the like the the show appears to be kind of working in some kind of an alternate timeline. Yeah, uh, there was a new like teaser I think pretty recently. Yeah. That that I think played more along that of just like everyone is different and we have to figure out how to fix it. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I you know you know we we didn't love that first season, but but it does it does seem like they're they're kind of playing around some interesting kind of. Star Trekky ideas in this one, so I'm I'm kind of I'm trying to go in with an open mind. And then the other thing, I, and I, this one I actually specifically told you like kind of not to look yeah. anything up about it. So the other thing they talked about is that they are working on Star Trek. They've been working on Star Trek: Strange New Worlds, which is the more so than Discovery was an original series prequel, like a real original series prequel show. That and I, I don't mean that to delegitimize Discovery. I'm just talking about like what they're actually. What they're actually yeah, you know, about like specifically story yeah. yeah so it's it's set on the Enterprise prior to um, the events of of uh, the original series so Pike is the captain and you know the first officer is still uh, number one and Spock is there but he's just a science officer like that kind of a thing and um, so they have they kind of talked about that you know being a thing and. They have, I don't think they've announced when that's when that's going to premiere, but it's certainly getting closer because they, you know, are it's in, it's been in production and they have like casting announcements. So that was actually one of the big that was the big thing I wanted to talk about because there's some really interesting um, names on there. Not in terms of like the actors, you know, the, the you know I think the only actor that is the only the only actors that are kind of of note in terms of like just who they are, at least to me, are are uh, the three characters we've already seen in Discovery. So, like, Ensign Mount, Ethan Peck, and Rebecca Romain are, are, are back. But sure. um, there are some interesting characters going that are going to be... Uh, they're going to be appearing on the show, it seems like. So the, the main cast, as far as they've announced it, are, uh, you know, those three, which are, which is, you know, Pike and Spock and and uh number one who's who i think had been called una at some other point and and i think they've, they've announced now that her full name is una chin riley hmm. but then would you have any other guesses for like who you think would be maybe like a who who would someone be who would make sense to be on on the show you know oh on, on, yeah on like show. in that era yeah um i wouldn't be so as, as like a sort of a like regular not like because I, I could see yeah. them doing like a like a mud episode or something like that but right so actually i'll put it this I'll, I'll give you i'll give you a hint not that i think you're necessarily gonna guess because we, we can go into it but like there's a because there's a few names on here that are i think that are characters that existed during the original series but either 
were maybe underserved or maybe just were only, you know, in, some, in a kind of a guest star role or that kind of a thing. Like there's, there are, there are kind of three names. And then there's one other name that's just kind of like totally out of left field where it's like, whoa, what is, what is going on with that? You know? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I would like, I guess the thing that like maybe they would do, but I kind of doubt would be to like have Kirk on the ship as like a junior officer or something like that. Yep. No Kirk. Uh, so yeah. Yes. Uh, no, yeah. No, definitely no Kirk. So there's there. Um, is I'm trying to. I'm also trying to like think back and remember in the original series pilot if Spock Spock was the only like character that carried over to the like Chapel wasn't it right? Or, well, no, because because uh, because Barrett um, was was playing was number, number one. one. Yeah. 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 You could probably have McCoy in it actually. Because mm-hmm. he would be like kind of like the older one, you could see like he maybe had been on the ship for a while. Yep, no, not not McCoy, but uh, the <laughs> the the but the that's it's interesting you say that though because the kind of the two two of these characters are in Starfleet Medical. Um, so one of them is so Jess Bush is playing uh, Christine Chapel. So she's so, so oh, Nurse really? Chapel okay. is going. Nurse Chapel is going. She's still a nurse, so Nurse Chapel is going to be one of the main characters in the show, which is kind of interesting. Interesting. And <laughs> so, really, if you count the computer, you now have a show that has three characters that were all previously play. played by yeah. Jill Barrett in it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like a weird version of like the animated series where every role was played by James Doohan, except for that it's not. You know, they they just recast her three different times. Then uh, Celia Rose Gooding is playing uh, Uhura, which I think really? makes I think that uh, but she's a cadet in this in this okay. yeah. earlier. And I think this actually kind of makes sense because like Uhura is a main cast member on the original series, but like by far the most underutilized, I would say. Yeah, kind of just great, sort of but, does the like the Galaxy Quest joke of just kind of like sits and like repeats. The computer, like, just kind of relays yeah. information occasionally, but yeah, and that's no shade to Michelle Nichols, who I think whenever she is asked to do something, does a really good job, but just yeah, just doesn't get a lot to do on the show. That is true. Is yeah, it's cool. Like that's someone that it would be cool to like get to see more of like a story about. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Then there's someone named I'm gonna I'm I apologize to this person, uh, but it's Babs, and then. I think it's Alusen Makun. I think is how you would maybe say that, but I'm I'm probably a little wrong at least. So, my apologies. Uh, it plays Doctor Mabenga, who is a another Doctor character oh. on uh, the original series, who is in a couple of episodes in the original series. Um, yeah, that name sounds familiar. Yeah, so he's a he's a uh, a black Doctor who um, a hu- human Doctor who works on um, the Enterprise, uh, and he's kind of the Looks like he's the ranking medical officer when McCoy is not around. So yeah, he's okay. in he's in just a couple of episodes of or a private little war and that which survives. But I don't remember from either of those episodes like what they're what from those names like what they're about. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so he's been he's so the, he, so he's in on the show, and uh, yeah, I, so I, I, that's I don't know, I think that's pretty interesting. Uh, that's 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 I mean like a, a, a perfect kind of a character to like recast. Like someone who you know maybe had made some kind of an impression, you know, and also you can diversify the cast a little bit. But then you know now this person, this character, yeah, but you don't have a lot of like other story to have to fit in with. Yeah, it's honestly it's a little interesting that they. I wonder if there was any thought to like 
having uh, Janice Rand as one of the main cast members because that, that seems like another character where it's kind of like, oh yeah, that was that was one like that I that. thought of when you when you started saying that. But I think she like I think she actually gets kind of introduced in oh in the original series. Yeah, I, like I think there's a like here's your new yeoman that like like I think she's kind of like this like fairly junior person that like just started okay. serving on the ship. Sure. Um, so then the. The last name, though, so those are the three kind of like returning names. There's one more name on here of, of a cast member where everyone, I think everyone is like, what? What's going on? And I don't think that they've really like explained it yet. But there is, uh, so Christina Chong is playing a character called La'an Nunyan Singh. Huh. And, <laughs> right, like I think the, uh-huh. the internet let out a collective, huh, when that name was announced because. So, I mean, yeah. Eh. Because it's not. I mean, there's not. There's a, Go on. Sorry. Say what you're gonna say. Yeah. Like, I guess you could do because they. I'm pretty sure they did in Enterprise. Like, did sort of like a backstory of like augments in like the like kind of current Star Trek universe. Like, maybe she is some like augment that's like descended from Khan or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it's just the Star Trek thing of like we don't have enough random unrelated characters named after gene roddenberry's friend nunyan singh yet yeah so at first i actually when i first saw her name i was like oh is this is this going to be some kind of ancestor of nunyan soon but then i was like well that doesn't make sense because her middle name is nunyan and it's singh not soon so it does seem yeah. like it's a con thing and i, I saw someone saying online that, that it's like how are they, how is this going to work because if if khan's you know great great granddaughter or whatever is on the ship and you know clearly there's at least a couple of people <laughs> you know Mabenga and Uhura who are also on the ship at this time and like wouldn't someone be like oh yeah there was a woman when they yeah. find Khan's body like, oh yeah like there's a woman who uh her had the like, exact same name yeah like is you know she was related to this guy you know maybe we should call her or maybe we should yeah know something about this somehow before so I you know I'm I'm, I'm re- hmm. withholding judgment I just but it's just like a very interesting choice. It, it, it really makes me wonder, like what what's going what's going to be going on with that? You know, once that yeah, is actually. Yeah. So yeah, lots of uh, lots of interesting stuff coming up. You know, Chakotay too. I think we've talked about this on the show, but Chakotay is going to be on in some form. It sounds like Chakotay is going to be on uh, Prodigy as well. And uh, yeah, there's some some definitely some potential for some really interesting Star Trek coming out over the next year and and change. I think so. Yeah. I'm excited to watch it and... Cautiously hopeful. Yeah, exactly. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Out of Contracts, a show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard. And I'm Brady Jungle. And today we are talking about Time's Arrow Part 1, which is uh, Season 5, Episode 26 of Next Generation. And it is... uh, Directed by Les Landau and the written by Joe Minoski and Michael Piller. The Memory Alpha description for it is an engineering time yeah, an engineering team finds evidence of an alien presence on Earth in 19th century century San Francisco. Data's severed head buried 500 years ago. Season finale. Um, so yeah, this is uh, not the first time we, we we've we've actually had a few season finales uh, already on the show. Um, yeah, we, I think we have. And uh, this is not the best season finale we've done because we have done 
Best of Both Worlds Part 1. Um, but uh, I like this episode a lot, though. I, um, I think I yeah, like... Yeah, I, I do, too. I... It it was one I think, and this this usually happens whenever we watch uh, half of a two parter, but I think this time even more than any of the rest of them, I like got to the end and was just like, oh man, I really want to watch the second, yeah, the second half of this. I kind of I agree. feel like that's when it gets really good. If well, I actually, that, right. <laughs> well, I was gonna, I was about to say I kind of agree with you, but I actually don't agree with you that that it, that's when it gets good because I, I do I. You know, it's been a, probably a couple of years now, but I remember the, the second part of this, and I, I, I remember the second part of it really. It kind of becomes Mark Twain's show, and you know, bless the man who's playing Mark Twain, uh, the actor, who I, I think is quite funny in this. Like he's, you know, he's, he's just really kind of like hamming it up, like you know, talking like this, and just kind of having right. all of these like fun, you know, aphorisms and stuff. But uh, that actor is Jerry Harden. But uh, the I think this the second episode it kind of becomes a little bit too much about him, and you kind of want to see more of like the other characters in the old west and and it it it, it I think that guy's a good spice, but it, he kind of becomes a little a little uh, grating when it's like when it's his episode sort of. That was my that was my okay. read on anyway. I don't, I don't, maybe you remember it differently. Um, uh, yeah, I mean if you if you if you like the episode, like certainly. I, yeah, I, again, it's been such a long time. I like mostly kind of remember the like Picard and Guinan stuff, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, that and stuff is kind of like the the sort of Star Trekky part of it with like the um, the Delphians and everything. But mm-hmm. yeah, that that part that part is that part is fun. Um, I think this episode too just said, and, and yeah, even how they solve the problem is fun. Like it's a it's a nice. I really like the way that they incorporate the head in the second part of the, of yeah. the show um that's pretty fun but i, I think I, I my my thought usually with most star trek two-parters is that the first part is almost always better than the second part you know that's not necessarily always the case but that was my recollection here but perhaps perhaps i'm wrong. okay so yeah why don't you take us in uh this is a good good kind of time travel episode uh so yeah take us in to the to the description yeah so it starts out with um that they've been uh, like the Enterprise has been called back to Earth because of this archaeologic discovery of there were kind of these caves underneath San Francisco where they found like traces of some element that isn't naturally occurring on Earth and seems like it came from like an alien world, but it dates mm-hmm. back to the 1800s. But the reason they called the Enterprise there is that along with all this stuff, and they kind of bury the lead on this, I feel like, because like uh it's you know picard and data are kind of down in these caverns with this starfleet person and he's like talking to them about all this you know like yeah you know the you know we found the traces of this mineral and like this radioactive frequency and lot and just like talks for a while and then he's just like and there's one more thing that i haven't told you and then he pulls out this like data head which i feel like if you were talking to data someone would murdered your second officer with. yeah of just like, excuse yeah. me, do you still have your head? Just wanted to check for no particular reason. <laughs> yeah. That, that is like an interesting thing about this episode is that, like, I like a good time travel episode where, where basically you create the problem that you were attempting to f- forestall, which is basically yeah. what happens to them. But one thing that's kind of odd about this episode is that they didn't need to do that. Or like, it, it probably actually would have been better 
if because basically like that you know they're sent to investigate you know some readings in a different part of the the galaxy that kind of correspond to you know the readings that are being given from this cavern and it just kind of seems, it seems like maybe you should have sent somebody else you know like <laughs> yeah well that's if you, if you know yeah, that, and like, i think the, if you know that data's head's going to end up in the cave like don't do the things that might have his head end up in a yeah, cave yeah it, it was I mean? it is kind of a very um i don't know if you remember this part of, and I forget what exactly which, but in, in some of the later Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy books, um, this thing happens where Arthur like meets this guy who is like is all mad at him because basically Arthur has like accidentally killed him over and over throughout history, and he keeps being like reincarnated. Yes, and he's yes. like just like that, you know, that one time on like Dagrathon Four, and Arthur's like, but I've never been to Dagrathon Four, and then he like essentially concludes from that that as long as he never goes to Dagrathon 4 he's functionally immortal because <laughs> because yeah. he knows that like at some point in his life he has to go and kill this guy and so if he never does it then he can't die and i yeah. feel like there is a similar thing of just like just never go back in time to the 1900s or <laughs> <I don't... laughs> yeah obviously like sometimes you just go back in star trek you just sometimes you just do you go back to the 1900s yeah, there's nothing you can do about it you but know? yeah i i do get your point that like even like investigating this specific like anomaly related to this whole find like there would be any number of other ships you could send to yeah it seems like the, the fail safe for that is to send like the you know yeah a yeah a different and picard kind of tries uh, to do that but... where like data wants to you know there's when they find this this cavern and they're ready to send down an away team you know picard picks people and then data kind of calls him to go to his office and says you know like this is traditionally like a mission that i should go on and picard says but we don't want to send like we don't want to set up something that would lead to you dying if we can keep you out of it and then yeah sort of circumstances conspire for him to be the only person that can that like has the ability to solve the problem and so then he ends up going down anyways the other thing that I think is kind of interesting about the section is because kind of before they get down there, there's there's a few scenes, and I think like a, a good a good scene in particular between Troy and and uh, Riker, where they're kind of talking about like how it feels weird to know that Data is going to die in a cave at some point. Yeah, in the I thought that that was and, a, and it's kind of the first half of the episode. Like that's a very interesting like element and sort of story thread that they that they go with is is ever you know kind of mm. have this find that like this date basically the implications of the finding this data head is that like at some point like that like some series of events led to data dying and how much that like really bothers everyone and doesn't bother data at all which i did kind of feel again is sort of a unique thing to data because like if you were to tell anybody else like someday and like you don't know when or how you will be dead that's kind of like not that big of a revelation. <laughs> right. Like the, the kind of reaction yeah. to that seemed at first seems a little over the top, but then I, yeah, the scene with Troy and Riker, they kind of dig into a little bit of why it disturbs everybody else so much. Yeah. Although, but I still am kind of, cause data basically says, well, you don't know this. There's nothing that says that I'm going to die anytime soon. Like it just yeah. means that it, at some point I'll die. And, and, and to me, I feel like that's kind of how I would feel if I was, you know, because obviously Data is different because he, you know, he kind of doesn't necessarily know before this that he would die, uh, which you know, he says is actually kind of a relief because it kind of makes him 
feel like he's a little bit closer to humanity, which is also kind of an interesting point to make. But like if I, you know, like if, if I found out that you were going to die in a certain way, like I would, you know, endeavor to keep you from again, like keep you from time traveling back to the. To I, w- San I would appreciate you keeping. But I would be like, well, I time traveling back to San Francisco, <laughs> anyways. Actually, but. <laughs> but I don't think I would go into mourning because I'd be like, well, I don't know. Yeah. When this, like, like there's nothing. There's nothing that says this is going to happen anytime soon. And data tries to point that out, which is just that, like, you know, we're not like, like, yeah, we're not, like I, this could happen years from now. Like. Yeah, um, but there's because they all do are treating him like he's about to die, and it's like, well, you're all just acting like you're in a TV <laughs> right. episode. Like at some <laughs> point within the next, <laughs> you know, forty-eight minutes, something will happen that will take you yeah. longer. In this case, longer because it's a two-parter. But yeah, I agree. They're like, it's it, it's it's it was always going to be something. And yeah, I guess you can say Data is a little unique in that regard. But yeah, the uh, but you know, it's nice to see all the cast members caring about each other. Yeah, and and, and like there, I, there's I also enjoy. a good scene with him um, and. Jordy, where you just kind of like have their friendship where Jordy's like do you want to talk about it and data's like not really but then he like stops and asks like asks Jordy like if he needs like do you need to discuss it and like Jordy does and yeah i think that's mm-hmm. a really nice kind of friendship and yeah uh i i did i, I liked to like the the in, in that one scene when he he says when when Jordy says that this must be like hard uh knowing that He's going to outlive all his friends, and then he's like, oh, "I expect to make new friends." True, and then right. outlive them as well. <laughs> like little... it, you know, just, like there's a weird like existential moment there too, where uh, of, of like the perils of immortality. No, of course we all we know as we talked about before on the show that D- Data basically dies <laughs> right. like three times in, uh, in in Star Trek, so he dies more than most people do. But uh, you know, you know, the potentiality for him not doing it is was, was certainly was was interesting. Yeah, uh, back then. And also, that head looks really cool. Like, that's I, I, a cool a good prop. It's, it's yeah. a really good looking prop of of his head. Which then, as we yeah, talked I was about trying before, to remember like, if we because I, I was looking at this, I was trying to remember if that was something we had talked about or not. That yeah, they used the same prop for Unimatrix Zero when there's like a Borg head. Yeah, there's a bunch of heads on yeah, on basically. spikes. Also, the other reused thing from this episode, I and I, I have already forgotten if we talked about this in our last episode which you'll have to cut this out if we did but there's a there's a really short shot at the beginning of starfleet academy and the Mm -hmm. the location where they shot all the like starfleet academy scenes at least in like a few episodes of tng and i think in voyager 2 is the same location where they for of the planet from justice from the uh don't walk on the grass episode yeah Um, yeah yeah, it's called the tillman water recreation or reclamation plant and it but it's got this like apparently like really nice like japanese garden and these kind of like white like architectural buildings and obviously they use like matte paintings and stuff to kind of extend the the scenery in that but yeah they were both uh shot at the same like those are both the same place Hmm. uh very different uh criminal justice standards (laughs) Uh I mean, yeah, like, like, uh, what Wes, uh, Wesley gets involved in, like, this underground, like, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> right. gang of Starfleet cadets, and he suffers virtually no consequences yeah. for it. <laughs> but, but then he steps on right. one flower, it, 
and, and then you know all, all hell breaks loose. Although Tom um, Paris does get sent to Australia or whatever for that, right? <laughs> well, he, <laughs> that's we probably don't have time to he, he gets, get into this sent- of the whole, all the like parallels between his character in that episode of Next Generation and Tom Paris, but that they're not actually the same character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let's let's keep let's keep going. Yeah, we're, we let's. We're, I think we're I think we're getting ready to, for data. To, yeah, to, and data so to go back in time. So essentially, they find this you know this cavern, and uh, Troy goes down and senses this. Like she can sense that there's like many minds or like lives within this cavern that they can't see, and she like they're that are human, like human lives. She's kind of like feeling their their fear and their emotions and that, and so they bring data down because he has like something within his positronic brain that enables them to, or lets him specifically sort of like go into phase with these other things. And mm-hmm. so he does that. And there's a cool, I, I like the scene where, you know, he is then out of phase with them, but he is still has his communicator on. So it's just showing the, you know, the crew is kind of standing in this cavern listening and he's describing in a very like methodical and analytic way, um, what he's observing, and that there's these alien beings that are like consuming these like energy signatures from a container, and then he sees two of them like going through, uh, sort of like doing something, and then there's kind of a loud noise and some anomaly, and then he disappears, and they can't contact him anymore, and you find out that he's been transported through time back to the 1800s uh in san francisco and then and then there's a really fun again just very kind of classic like just good star trek time travel fun of like him kind of going around and everyone like acting being like why are you wearing such strange clothes and him being like i'm from france which is one of those like star trek tropes i always really enjoy yeah when like either spock or data like goes back in time and they explain why he's why they look different by just like picking some random foreign country that no one knows anything about and everyone's like sort of like too ashamed to admit that they don't like that they just sort of assume people are that different in the rest of the world and don't know any better and it's like oh that explains everything then <laughs> yeah Does, doesn't he say he's from venezuela uh, i think in, so yeah and i think like the the big goodbye or something in one, one of the gangster yeah. episodes i think he says he's yeah. from venezuela <laughs> This is this is the part of like the show I liked the best if in the first part anyway is yeah. I really liked like just data have like going around and kind of trying cuz cuz I think it's kind of a unique thing cuz he's he's back in time by himself which I feel like doesn't usually happen and all, but also he's like smarter than a person and also capable of doing more things physically and so he kind of very quickly like <laughs> does a bunch of things to it's almost like he's like playing he's a video game and he's kind of like hack, to... he's like hacking his way through it where he's got all these yeah mods on that can let him see people's cards and and that kind of a thing like yeah so he like walks into a hotel where they're playing poker because at first you know he doesn't have any any money and like there's all these things he needs and so he walks into a hotel where they're playing poker and just kind of like hustles them absolutely hustles all of them out of their money so yeah. did you now did you see um did you see who the gamblers were uh, in that scene? No, I didn't catch. So, like, you mean like the the actors? Yeah, playing the actors. Them, so, so the main, like, what the main are. actor, the one who's like, oh, we don't really like outsiders here or whatever. Kind of does the talking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
so I didn't recognize his face at first because he's got a lot of like kind of facial hair on and stuff, but recognize his voice right away. That is uh, Mark Alemo, the guy who plays Ducat really? on, uh, on DS9. Yeah. So interesting. I didn't catch that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was that was fun um, uh, for me to see because I I love I love him. I think he's so good. But uh, yeah, that was a that was a fun little uh, heads up for me to see this to see him. Uh, out there playing yeah. a different role. Um, yeah, and then he kind of there's a like a busboy at the hotel he's staying at that he becomes friends with. That I I was trying to remember that because again, like this is not an uncommon thing to do. But like, is there a reveal in the second part? That, like he ends up becoming someone famous. Uh oh yeah maybe because there's a scene where we, like when Data's like assembling his like machine that you know, is trying to kind of communicate back with the enterprise that they have a little conversation where the kid's like, yeah, you know, I'm like going to become like a famous business person. You know, I'm going to make a lot of money someday and like something's going to happen that I was wondering if like, and he, and he gets kind of real interested in data's inventor. So I was wondering if he like turns into Thomas Edison or something like that, but. Um, oh, you know, it's, it, it's, it, it's, it's Jack London. It's, it is, it's Jack London the, who, who is, like the guy who wrote oh the the writer yeah so he wow because he wrote interesting i'm trying to remember what jack Ryan wrote did he did he write like like um like white fang he, or that he kind did of? a lot of like the yeah white fang and the call of the wild yeah. and those kinds of things so. okay not who i was expecting but, yeah okay was it because i think it yeah was, and I, he like because he, he talks about like his history you know i like have done all these odd jobs and like shelled oysters and Whatever. I have a very specific. Like, sounded like he was describing like a <laughs> actual person's. Yeah, like I, I have a very specific backstory. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think in part two he meets uh, Mark Twain, and then like Mark Twain gives him writing tips or whatever, and like that's. Uh, okay. I think Got I believe that's what happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then and then Data sees a a newspaper that has a picture of Guinan in it, and so he like goes to. Um, goes to find her and I think I think before that happened we had had the scene where basically kind of Guinan hears about this whole like mission that's going on and so she um, talks to Picard and says you know you have to go on this mission because that's how like she she's kind of cryptic about it but basically that like this is how we first meet is you know I like I met you in the past back then because yeah. you traveled yeah in the past because you traveled back in time and then that's kind of what led to everything that came after so it like is necessary for our personal and like my specific history for you to go on this mission and go back in the past mm-hmm. and so so data meets up with Guinan who cuz at first he thinks that like she's also been transported back in time and you know, he's like, Guinan, like, and she doesn't recognize him. And he's like, but we served together on the Enterprise. And she eventually kind of figures out that he's, because Guinan is a, uh, is a, uh, from like a planet other than Earth and from a race that's like very long lived. And so she figures out that he's also like someone who at least like knows about space travel and that and kind of takes him aside. And he sort of explains to her what's going on. Um, and then they find out that Mark Twain has been eavesdropping on them and essentially like now knows that there are space aliens and time travel and space flight yeah. and all that and he doesn't really seem like he wants to do anything with that information but he just kind of seems like smug yeah, smug like, that he knows that he's just like oh i know there's space aliens yeah 
I got that fascinating. Guinan is an LRN, by the way. Is her? That's her species okay. name. Yeah. And so then the the Enterprise crew crew. Uh, meanwhile, is kind of a weird thing to say because like four hundred years in the future. Yeah, yeah. Is, it's it's cut. It's has essentially. F- yeah, the, the episode is cut that way where it's like a this is going on simultaneously, but obviously that's not really how it works. Right. But yeah, they essentially have set up these these beacons to recreate the same thing, so they can also go into f- like phase with these aliens, and so they see basically two aliens that had been. There was a little like sort of side scene in the 1900s where there's these two kind of fancily dressed people with like a cane with a snake on it that go up to an old homeless guy that's like dying of consumption or something. Yeah, or yeah. Co- uh, cholera. I can't remember. Something. They, they do talk about cholera, but yeah, he seems more like he's probably got consumption or like he's like very clearly like on his last legs. Yeah, um, and they like go up to him and sort of suck his life out and then they in the future you see those two returning back to this cave and they kind of essentially what kind of what they figure out is that they're taking like life essence from people and putting them into this container that then all of the other beings that are sitting around in this cave are like consuming for nourishment and so that's what troy was sensing is essentially all of these people sort of their last thoughts as they died and their life essence was taken away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go back through the portal, like back into the past and the like Picard and Crusher and Troy and Riker all kind of like, I, I forget if they actually follow them through into the portal or just like kind of start walking in that direction. And then yeah, the they, episode, they go through the portal. Like, yeah. You know, to be continued. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So yeah, then, you know, uh, it's been a while, but I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that probably in the next episode you'd, you'd see all the cast in, in like old clothes, which, which I, which is always fun. Like always, always fun. Yeah. We, we just watched, um, the Q in the gray, uh, uh, Kim and I just watched the, the civil, the oh, civil war yeah. Q episode. Um, right. And, uh, yeah, there's a scene at the end when Tuvok is dressed up like a civil war soldier and it's, it's just delightful. You know, it's just, it's <laughs> always, it always is good. So, um, yeah, but, um, yeah, just like kind of, I don't know, just very fun. Like it's, it's a little, it's a little bit less, I mean, I guess that it's, it is somewhat portentous because like, you're kind of like, oh, well, Data's going to his death, but like, certainly I would say it seems less dire or grim than a lot of the other, um, finales we've watched. Cause, cause we've watched, you know, you, you Matrix Zero, which like ends with like a bunch of people getting assimilated right. and... Uh, you know, there's of course, best of all worlds where Picard gets assimilated, and um, and and you know, we we also even like Equinox, the other one, like ends with like these like creatures, like the other ship has escaped, and these other creatures are like loose on the like it's very much a everyone's about to die yeah type of thing yeah well, and, and just yeah, like, and also, like what, what like the a... Equinox has done is so terrible too you know where they've they've been like, yeah. sucking the life out of this thing yeah whereas this is like yeah it's like oh, some people are going into the past, and also an, an old man knows Data's secret, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's much more of a, like... I mean, it's, I feel like it still makes you want to watch the next one. Like, it's oh, still, it's, like, I'm curious, yeah. like, what's going to happen next, but more from a, like, this should be fun, instead of a, oh, no, all of reality is going to 
cease to exist. Yeah, my recollections in my recollections of the the season finales of TNG, this is probably the second best one after Best of Both Worlds. Like, I don't, you know, I don't love like the one with the, the one with Lore uh, from season six, or I don't really love the series finale. It's it's fine. Um, you know, there's see the season two finale. I yeah. think is that is that um, clip show. Um, where like is that really was, this finale? I believe so. I think there was a, a writer strike or something that kind of yeah. couldn't do anything else. Either that they ran out of money or something. A little short, but and, yeah, that's a, that that one has to be in contention for. That episode's bad. I'm sure there's worse, but that one has to be in contention for among the worst episodes. Yeah, I almost kind of feel like when we when we do when when we do that episode, we're going to have to like we're, we 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 should talk ahead of time and like come up with like something else to do like we'll talk about it very briefly but then like yeah maybe like do our own sort of like clip show or blooper yeah or just like find some fun star trek topic to talk about you know uh instead of instead of talking more about that that episode because it's it's rough but um revisit space jam or something right (laughs) yeah uh hope everyone liked that a few months ago (laughs) the yeah i i didn't really take notes for this episode other than just to note that the thing that I was saying about like, why is everyone so sad about knowing that at some point data will not exist anymore, even though like there's no reason to believe that that will be anytime soon, you know? Yeah. It's like a fun it's, but it's like, I think it's well acted. I think, you know, there's there, it's like, it's got a lot, a lot of fun, like set stuff, you know, data is data is like building a, Oh, you know, actually uh, there was a really good one. One one thing that made me laugh out loud in this episode was, uh, you know, Brent Spiner like is can be quite good when he gets gets some good material to work with, and uh, I really enjoyed, um, you know, he's pretending to be a human, and so there's one scene where the the bellhop comes up with like this big, oh, with the anvil, this big yeah, this big like chest that he has procured of of, of items for Data, and Data just kind of picks it up with one hand. And then realizes that oh no this is go like halfway across the yeah room. yeah as, as the guy sees him is like what it realizes oh no I can't just like pre- I can't just do this I have to pretend to be human because I no, no one could just lift up a chest like that so easily and it's, he just drops it and goes ow <laughs> like <laughs> yeah it's so great uh, and you know kind of pretends like he strained his arm or, or something but yeah there's some good some good comedy bits in it it's it's a fun one it's just it's just like a very fun kind of time travel episode you know not not really a lot talking about uh i guess there's some stuff at the beginning about death but but more or less like not necessarily a big time uh philosophical or issues based uh, episode which is yeah which is a okay it's it's a good one yeah and they and they do a good job with it and again it's it's definitely one of those like this is primarily a brent spiner episode but he he plays it really yeah. well he does a good job wouldn't it be cool to like own that head i'm sure it's probably like you know deteriorate at this oh, point but yeah like, i wonder i should look cause sometimes they say in memory alpha like i feel like a lot of st- like they've done a lot of like auctions yeah. and stuff of stuff i'm sure that's that would be a cool gotta be something that if again either in the sort of vein of probably most hollywood props might have just gotten repurposed a bunch of times and then eventually thrown away but that would be a cool like yeah yeah, that'd be a really neat prop uh, to to have. I, I I'm always just wondering if it's kind of like you know like have you have you ever seen like pictures of like the original Yoda uh, puppet like, where it's just like that material just kind of breaks down so fast that like uh, no I haven't but yeah I've heard that kind of thing yeah that like that 
whatever it is that they use for those things, yeah, has an extremely short lifespan and just like starts to kind of naturally disintegrate in. And it must have. It must be good for a little. Atmosphere. Yeah, it must be good for a little bit of time because obviously they used it in that episode a few years later. But yeah, I, I would wonder. I wonder where that is. That'd just be. That'd just be like a fun thing to have like on your desk, you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, well, I don't have any other notes. What about you? Um, no, I. Yeah, no. There's nothing else that we didn't already talk about. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, we come out every other week, every other Sunday. So in a couple weeks, we'll be back to talk about a episode that's for dads only. <laughs> Not really, but it is. It is like probably the most dad-based Star Trek episode of all time. Uh, it is called Explorers, and it is DS Nine uh, season three, episode twenty-two. I've been waiting for this one for a while because I've been wanting to. I've been wanting to talk to Brady about it because I don't. I'm I'm kind of curious what he thinks of it as a as a non-dad because I am very biased. Uh, but uh, we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, you can check out the other podcasts on the Clydescope Media Network. There's Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast. There is That's Not How Science Works, which is a science and pop culture podcast. And there is Wizard Studies, which is a Harry Potter podcast. So check out all of those. And uh, you know we, you can follow us on Twitter at Contracts. You can email us at autocontracts at gmail.com. You can visit our website at, at autocontracts.podmedia.com. And we're on YouTube as out of contracts. Contracts is spelled C-O-N-T-R-E-K-S. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody.